the data just bubbled up to the top and we knew why the customers wanted us to do that and that became our message and that message is one of ownership it's a, a bit of a pride in no we wanted to do this and look we are doing this and we will celebrate because of that welcome to episode 354 of the community broadband bits podcast from the institute for local self-reliance i'm lisa gonzalez During the Broadband Community Summit earlier this month, Angela Imming from Highland, Illinois, was able to make time to talk with Christopher. They talked about the community's publicly owned network, Highland Communication Services. Angela offers some pearls of wisdom that come from a place where the city has experienced a few bumps in the road as they've worked to improve and grow their network. She talks about how they've collected data from the community and listened to subscribers to improve the services they offer and how those changes have increased their success. Christopher and Angela also have a conversation about the meaning of success as it pertains to a community network and the way the HCS is using tools from both the public and private sectors to drive growth. Now here's Christopher with Angela Imming from Highland Communication Services. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, normally in Minneapolis. Today I'm in Austin, Texas for the Broadband Communities Summit, and I'm speaking with someone that I have wanted to have on the show for a long time, Angela Imming, the Director of Technology and Innovation for the City of Highland in Illinois. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. We just finished up a, a panel uh, about four different communities that have faced significant challenges. Uh, we're going to talk about what you've done in building the municipal fiber network. But the first question, I always like to try and locate where we are in real geography. Sure. So where is Highland? Yeah, so we are in the southern part of Illinois. But for anybody who is from that area, they know that we're really not south. There's three and a half hours more south of us. Uh, we are actually about 35 minutes to the east of St. Louis. So that gives you a good idea. Your title is the Director of Technology and Innovation. Correct. You have a municipal electric. You have a head of that utility. But the fiber network answers to you. Correct. Okay, so just tell me how that works briefly. Yeah, sure. So um, the city of Highland went out for... um, bondletting after a referendum about 10 years ago when uh, it was evident that the incumbents weren't going to be building out for us. And the way we were able to get that referendum passed is we had funds sitting available in our enterprise fund, which is our light and power department. So we own our own distribution for electric. Um, We have some generation. Dan Cook is the director of light and power. He um, has the the resources who dig stuff in the ground and hang stuff on the poles Mm -hmm. anyway. And so it was uh, a pretty obvious choice when uh, we thought, you know, it's, it's not high voltage, it's low voltage. Can you just open the ground and put this in for us. So those folks, um, IBEW report to Dan, all the other um, parts of HCS report directly into me. So that would include our triple play service. We have voice, video, and data, and uh, service technicians, customer service, billing, all of that. So let's, we're going to jump back briefly to before you were there. I'm sure you're, you know more about the history than I do anyway, but I know that this was before your time. Um, Mark Latham, city manager, I believe. Correct. Yeah, he was just telling me that he thinks that one of the things that was really important to the success of your network, especially given the challenges that you faced, mm-hmm. was that referendum. Correct. Demonstrating the community support for it. Right. That is correct. Um, he, he, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, don't forget to tell everybody how important that referendum is. Somebody in the panel earlier um, talked about, you know, you, ha- you have to leave politics out of it. You have to, to figure out a way to leave the politics out of it. And I think that's 
pretty much impossible given that we are a city and we are owned by a city. But I would say that the next best thing would be to um, empower the politicians, right? Empower them with information, empower them with um, data. And that's exactly what the referendum did. See, we want this. We as a community want this. And they are clearly servants of the, of the people. And so that, that helped get it across the line. And if I'm remember, remembering correctly, it was what, 79% support, I think? I believe it was 70, yep, 79% is what the, the stories say. I, I actually vaguely remember that. I, and I, I think I sent a note to Mark Latham around 10 years ago yeah. in which I was like, hey, can I get the wording of that referendum just so we could document it and uh, have I can it in get our that files? for you if you want oh, it. Oh, I have it. No, I, okay, he, he good, responded. Good. Yeah, so we, yeah, we have it somewhere on muninetworks.org. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So the, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was this idea of the turnaround communities. Um, Highland is a network that, that is clearly successful today, yeah. but there were days in which I think before you came on and why you came on yeah. that it wasn't clear that, that it was going to be successful. So tell me what happened. I don't know what happened to make it fail or what happened to make it successful. You know, um, there there's a line there that I think a continuum where failure stops and success starts. But there's a big gray area in between that you kind of have to move around. One could say that uh, we had 44% saturation rate and we hadn't used all of our bonds and, you know, we were growing and we hadn't even expected to be um cash neutral um, until the year 2032. So on those on those laurels, it feels like we were pretty successful. But uh, from the eye of the beholder is really what, you know, determines your success. And so we had some new management in the city and excitement was waning and we had not a high enough take rate. You know, we, we weren't doing enough. And for context, 44% is good. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, certainly you always want more. More is better. Um, but a lot of munis in years three and four, they might be around thirty-five percent, and they're and they're worried there. But I you- think you're hitting. I think you're hitting on a note I probably should have brought up in the panel, and that is that, you know, your take rate isn't the indicator of success, and neither is the ARPU, right? The average revenue per mm-hmm. user. Your success is indicated by your profit your profit margin. And, and if you have an ARPU of 127, but you have a, uh, a cost of 187, you're not successful. Right. And I think it's worth noting, I mean, you're describing the way it will naturally be evaluated if, if there's not a message coming correct. from the utility. That's correct. People will just naturally think of success means more, more, more revenues. Out? Yes, right, right. that is correct. And so while we were kind of tracking where we wanted to be, we knew that in order to continue the build out and continue the support of the community, we had to hit that sweet spot of success. I guess when the excitement wanes and you kind of fall back to the fundamental reason of what you're doing and why you're doing it, that has to be very clear and that has to be messaged. Um, And so I just took an approach that has been very good to me over the course of my career. It's the DMAIC approach, which is a Lean Six Sigma continuous improvement approach, where you basically um, go through the steps to define and to measure and to analyze and to improve your process. And so for two years, knowing that the quality of our process just really wasn't enough to make people come to us. Um, we went through the very fine operational excellence details. Um, I won't get into it, but just know that you know you have to take that process improvement approach at times. So when we got to the other side of that and we realized that, hey, guess what? We have a very legitimate, we have a very competitive product, and we still weren't bumping those take rates up. We had to look at our acceptance rate and why people weren't accepting us. 
that's when it got fun, frankly. That's when we decided to really get into the minds of our customers, and we worked with the digital economist, uh, Michael Michael Curry. Mm -hmm. C-U-R-R-I. C-U-R-R-I. Shout out to Michael and Gary, who is a a solid hand. Um, And, you know, and we just kind of worked through the process of figuring out what it is that our customers wanted. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't have the data, you can't measure the data, you can't manage the data. Mm -hmm. And so we just went back on the the fundamental ways of execution. We got amazing data from Michael. Not only did we find out that 23% of our customers said that they would, are the respondents, I should say, said that they would move to a different, they would relocate if it weren't for high-speed broadband. We got that answer from five different perspectives. So we got that answer in terms of what the household composition is. So how old are the people in your house? We got the answer um, from the perspective of how long have you lived in Highland? What is your education level? What is your financial means? And so from that data, we really were able to say, okay, right? People want gigabit internet and they will pay a hundred dollars for it. And they really don't care a whole lot about this, this other product that we have that we're gotten through to try to make it valuable. Is that other product video? Actually, it's linear video. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and we found that they were starting to warm up with the idea of streaming and over the top, which gave us the political leverage to say, we, this is something that we need to do. We need to act on this. That the tipping point, if I could find the moment, prior to engaging with uh, Michael, we decided to hold a summit, a broadband impact symposium within our town. And we invited Bob Knight and Jeff Kling and, and Michael Curry, and we had different breakout sessions. So one for small munis and not-for-profits. We invited other munis in. Um, there are anchor institutions, small businesses, and got through the day with a lot of enthusiasm and excitement. The evening was dedicated to, it was a different venue. It had a lot of fun stuff, snacks and whatever, and it was, it was dedicated to our residents to come in and tell us, what they need that we don't have or what we're not doing right. And do you know that nobody came? <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I feel like when, when you're saying that, my, my reaction was thinking that probably no one came or everyone came. There's, it's often nobody not in the middle, came. it seems like. So what did you take away well, from nobody coming? Well, it was beautiful coming? because we had two members of council who were there, and we had uh, three or four members of our Industrial Development Commission. And that right there told the story. They had heard all day that we are a diamond in the rough, that we are a gold mine, and people just don't know what it is that we have. And then with their very own eyes, they saw the fact that nobody came. And at that point, they commissioned us to go into a full-fledged marketing analysis and research uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. And from that, we worked with Michael, and and the rest really is is a bit of a history. And so one of the things that you mentioned on the panel was a sense of internally – there was a, a, a longing for goals. Uh, there was a, sort of a, almost a stagnation in terms of people didn't really have a sense of why it was important that you right. were doing this. Right. So about four years in, which i beginning to understand is a pivotal point, you know, we were just stagnated. And this is when I came onto the scene. And I had the, I had the earnest question, what, why are we doing this? You know, what was the goal? And when I started asking around, like, nobody could... Nobody could say exactly why we were doing this. And when you're and saying this, you mean fiber to the home. Why are you mean we building? Ultimate, yeah. Yes. Why are we? Um, People this were was dissatisfied with yeah, the company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People were dissatisfied. That's not what they said. But, sure. Um, you know. And so we try to keep a clean tag. Okay. So thank you for not repeating that. That's going to be hard for me. <laughs> At any rate, 
if you don't have the very clear why, you'll never have the the because, right? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Because, and so at the you know at the end of this uh, marketing and and research engagement, we were able to the data just bubbled up to the top, and we knew why the customers wanted us to do that, mm-hmm. and that became our message, and that message is one of um, it, it's ownership. It's, it's a, a bit of a pride in, no, we wanted to do this, and look, we are doing this, and we will celebrate because of that. So where are you at today then? So you, were, you, know, you felt like you were not meeting your goals at 44%. You've been on the job for five years? I was hired with the city about five years ago, but I was hired just for the IT side. I shouldn't say just, to be the IT Mm-hmm. Uh, director, and then they kind of lured. Success. Yes, they. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. They lured me in. Um, so I've been responsible for HCS for about four years. Highland Community Services. Highland Communication Services. Right. Communications. Communications. Yes. Yeah. That's actually what I meant to say. It's just my brain didn't communicate sure. to my mouth. Um, right now, where are you at then? Uh, right now, uh, gosh, I just can't help but smile. We have 57%. I think last time I talked to you, it was 54, so you're still yeah, growing pretty rapidly. We are eking up. Yeah, we're eking up. We have the support of the community and the council to continue um, to finish the, the construction. We have about 15% of premises left to, to build out to. So you haven't actually finished connecting no. all the, the people? Okay. No, we have two neighborhoods mm-hmm. that are still clamoring. You know, ah, I want you, I need you, I need you. Sure. So, yeah, so we... Um, um, it's built into the plan to complete that in, in the next year. So 12 okay. months from now, we should be complete. Our profit is trending towards a 15% increase um, annually. We have come to a place where, uh, and, I, and I realized that the financial goal either was or became to be able to operate um, in, in the black were we not paying for our bonds. So as we went through this, you know, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? You have to, you have to identify what your success is. How will we know if we're successful? Well, we'll know we're successful when HCS could, could manage their operations and Mm -hmm. pay for their own operations, not in debt, were it not for our, our bond debt our debt service that we had to cover, and, and we're there. As a matter of fact, when we take into account that um, were we not growing, we were not still, you know, kind of in the growth mode for construction. Right, it costs a lot to connect to home. Yes, and were, were HCS not here, and all of the city services had to use the incumbent, and were we not paying for our debt service, we would be in the black probably a little bit too much, probably about $350,000, dollars mm-hmm. So... That's that's where we are right now. We are deploying um, some of the um, items that the customers requested through the survey, which one was just a complete loss. I had no idea that people actually were interested in um, someone providing networked security cameras okay. that were in a managed environment. So basically, um, we created a new product called PremView. And that's for residents Residents, or commercials, Both. either. Yep, yep. We've went up them a bit. So we've said, so since we own our own network and we have our own data center with all kinds of storage in there, we will um, deploy your cameras. We will show you how to use them, how to access them. And we will give you 10 gigabits of storage on our fully redundant, high availability servers mm-hmm. in our data center so that you can keep four months of it. Right. Um, and there's very little operating cost for you to do that because it's all in network. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that's what what we're trying to do is capitalize and and bring new products in um, to the mix on top of things that we've already paid for. 
one of the things you mentioned on the on the panel was the social media aspect yes. and that's really helped you to grow. And and so you didn't just start, you know, splattering in, images on Instagram. You, well, <laughs> you were a little bit more careful about that. Well, I tried. I guess one thing that I don't know if it's a it's a credit or a curse, but I'm, I'm a very meth- methodical person and and I feel like in times like these when the energy and the enthusiasm is gone, you have to fall back on um, a process. Mm-hmm. And so after we had gone through the continuous improvement process and made our, our product high quality and we were in the middle of our acceptance, right, trying to get acceptance is when we did a lot of that in-house. Um, I, I created a lot of, of uh, marketing, advertising campaigns. Some were fairly successful. Um, but when one of the council people asked, well, how come you're not on Facebook all the time? You know, all these other co- incumbents, you know, they've got someone responding on Facebook all the time. And I, I probably shouldn't have said it this way, but I said, well, what do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. We're here. We're great. You know, we're right. cheap. We're better. Harvard University says we're the fifth, fifth best. In terms of cost, you're the biggest advantage over the incumbents, fifth, I'm guessing. Yes, best economic choice um, okay. in the country, in the country. Right, that's the, the Berkman Klein Center yes. report. Yes, and so, but how do you, how do you say that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, after um, the survey with Michael, we had, commis- we had been commissioned for some additional funds. And so we took that money and we went to the professionals, which is, um, we, we chose Drive Social Media there in downtown St. Louis. And um, we've embarked on a... Um, um, advertising uh, campaign that embeds our our product inside of social media and we get the advantage of the Facebook algorithms and the Google algorithms and every four months they come back and they show us that we only spent 67 cents on that advertisement and these are the people who saw it Mm -hmm. and um, which graphic and which which uh, text did better and so we're constantly improving that it, it's been very fun. It's been a lot of fun. Is that you then? I mean, how does that work? And what kind of time does that take to, so, to, to manage that? At the outset, it's it's very involved. Besides the photo shoot that comes out, you know, you sit down with our um, designers and our, our, I guess, our team. They'd get inside of your head. You know, what do you like? What do you not like? It was very hard for them to understand that I'm not worried about repeat customers and I'm also not worried about the high ticket product I have to sell the product that brings me the most profit and it doesn't it just so happens that that's not the most expensive product on our on our our list but the other thing that we did was we started utilizing um, social media and the the web um, to put Highland in front of people who might be looking for a new home so for example this was taxing we went out and said, we don't think, based on our survey results and based on who we are as a community, we don't feel like millennials who were in the city would assimilate in Highland. We don't think that we have what they want. We feel like the best thing Highland has to offer is a new home for somebody who maybe had lived in a small town, but their town has dried up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we did was we took the, the algorithms and said, if you live in these zip codes, which map to small Illinois communities and if you're if your browsing traffic shows that you are looking for real estate or you're looking for a job or you're seeking um, cost of living requirements then we are able to just pop a photo up or pop an advertisement up in front of their web browser that talks to them about the city of Highland Mm -hmm. so what started as an advertising um, 
campaign for Highland Communications, halfway through, I indicated we need to do this for all of the city, not just for Highland Communications. And, and, it's, and it's working. We track our outgoing customers for why they're leaving us, and we track our incoming customers for why they came to us. And we, we track that data, and we write reports based on it. Those are our, our metrics now. Our churn rate is down 45%. And the churn rate, when people leave, it's not because they're leaving Highland. It's because they're leaving the area that we, they're moving out into the country, mm-hmm. right? And so we, we can measure the impact that this has had on us. Is there a, a specific surprise in terms of what images work best or anything like that? I mean, is it like, is it like a rack? I'm guessing not a rack of fibers or, you know, like a, yeah. just a, a, a picture of a water fountain or something. I'll tell you what goes over very well. And, and so we have a couple of different, they call them audiences, right? So we have the local audiences where we are trying to just make them feel good mm-hmm. about us. And then we have the audiences that we're trying to attract to come to the city of Highland. Hands down, the ones that work the best internally are those that are coupled with the movie theater in town because it's ancient and it mm-hmm. just, it, I guess they re, they renovated it maybe 10 years ago, but the memories and the feel good emotions mm-hmm. that come with that. Um, it's just a lot of small towns have totally lost their theaters. So just the fact that you have yes, one is a big yes. deal. That is, gets all kinds of, um, of traction. And then the other one are any, any photos of that include people that are familiar in the city. So we, we did um, photo sessions of our internal our internal city, right? So when our customer service representative is in one of the advertisements or when my daughter is one of mm-hmm. the advertisements, that goes very well. In terms of externally, people love green space. They love big homes. And so anytime we flash up a photo of a nice home with a nice yard, and then we mention, oh, we have the best, we were voted the best recreation center in Southern Illinois. We have the fifth best um, fiber in America. We are 30 minutes from downtown. We have, you know, accredited schools. People, I think that's the draw. Mm -hmm. People love the idea of a small town with big city amenities, and that's really what we are. So last question is, I think, what is one of your favorite anecdotes of why the success of this network matters? It has to it has to be successful. We have legendary people from the city of Highland. I mentioned on the panel, we have a, a gentleman with 1,397 patents from the city of Highland, you know, pat milk and evaporated milk, canned milk, which seems like maybe it's ins- insignificant, but that process was invented in Highland and it allowed milk to be transported across America where to urban cities where mm-hmm. cows don't grow, right? Right. And also so, important in war zones, like where our military needs to be Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly right. And so we we just can't fail because this is us, this is who we are, and we, we have a legacy to protect. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you for coming on, Angela. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Had a good time. Great. That was Christopher with Angela Imming from Highland Communication Services in Illinois. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcastsatmuninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other podcasts from ILSR, Building Local Power, and the Local Energy Rules Podcast. You can access them wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. 
Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening to episode 354 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast.